0: Welcome back everyone. Today we're going to give you our seven stocks that we're buying the month of August. We're going to start at the top with the largest cap stock, Amazon, and then we're going to work our way all the way down to our top small cap pick. So make sure you stay all the way till the end to find out what that stock is. But Nick, I'll go ahead and let you take over. Why are we buying Amazon in August?
1: All right. So, Casey, last year, especially the second half of last year, we were buying Amazon and Alphabet, Alphabet C shares, Google, during the bear market. We still think these two, and maybe also Meta, which we'll cover elsewhere, have some of the best earnings growth outlooks among the FANG plus Microsoft stocks. But Google, Alphabet does have antitrust lawsuit coming up this autumn. So we're monitoring that situation, but Amazon is one that we like, especially after this last earnings report. Amazon, of course, needs no introduction, but that Q2 2023 report certainly does. Expectations were blown away. Revenue, or as Amazon calls it, net sales increased 11% year over year with growth coming from the e-commerce business, both in the US and internationally, as well as AWS, Amazon Web Services, the cloud computing pioneer. All three contributed. After extensive restructuring work last year and into Q1 of this year, net income went from actually a loss of $2 billion this period last year to a gain of $6.7 billion. So Amazon A huge turnaround here. Shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody that they would be able to pull it off. But here we are. If you took advantage of the market's doubts, we're sitting on some nice, healthy returns, but we think that this is far from over.
0: Amazon is also a chip stock. They have a robust portfolio of data center designs used for AWS that they offer as well to their customers via that acquisition of Anapurna Labs in 2015. Nick, can you tell us why this stock is also a play on an EV stock?
1: Yes, Casey, we have a little index that we call twofer stocks. TWO-FOR, twofer stocks. Amazon being one of them. These are basically companies that own shares of another publicly traded business. Another one, an Amazon competitor, Shopify, is also a two-for-stock. They own shares of Global E, GLBE, as well as Affirm Holdings, AFRM. But Amazon, it's a unique two-for-play because they own, of course, a lot of shares of Rivian, R-I-V-N. So we like Amazon and these two-for-stocks because you don't really have to mess with Rivian and that disaster. If you own Amazon, you already have a little bit of Rivian. So if the company does well and the stock price does well, you know what? You've already got some play on it via your Amazon holdings.
0: We think that Amazon can average high teens percentage earnings per share growth or more over the next five years. Let's move on to two stocks we actually paired up because they're both chip manufacturing equipment companies that we love, ASML and LAM Research.
1: Casey, this is probably a great opportunity to drop your semiconductor industry flow chart here. Of course, wafer and chip fab equipment, a critical choke point in the industry. If you haven't seen our last two videos on ASML and LAM research, they're linked up here. But ASML, the stock finally sold off after Q2 earnings. Basically, the market didn't like the lack of guidance for 2024. Analysts it's an early peak into 2024, and it makes sense because this industry tends to have great visibility over the coming, even as far as two to three years down the road because of how expensive these machines are, an ASML machine, upwards of 200 million euros piece. But there's this worry building among some that 2024 could be a flat at best year for ASML after sales make a huge rebound in 2023. But we think there's actually a fairly high probability that the company beats those expectations as dozens of new fabs and dozens more of fab upgrades will be needed. And lots of deep ultraviolet, that's the older lithography equipment, and the next gen EUV extreme ultraviolet machines need to fill up those fabs from customers ranging from Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing to Intel. To Samsung.
0: LAM has been on our watch list of the FAB five semiconductor manufacturing equipment companies, that being ASML, Applied Materials, KLA Corporation, Tokyo Electron, and LAM Research. We own Applied Materials, ASML, and then we just recently added KLA Core. So we believe it's time to add LAM into the mix. It has New machine announcements that are addressing advanced wafer fabrication, as well as advanced packaging to address chiplets and 3D architecture.
1: Right. So, Casey, we think this Fab 5 business rebound is going to begin to take shape starting in the second half of 2023. Remember, 2023, a down year for sales for the Fab 5, excluding ASML. And a lot of this has to do with a lot of these fab customers getting ready to build and retool existing fabs. But we think this market is going to really start to pick up steam in 2024. And we think possibly we'll reach a crescendo in 2025 or 2026. We think through that period of time over the next three years, LAM could outperform. So we are nibbling here on LAM research.
0: Let's move on to our next pick, Livent and Alchem. Livent and Alchem are expected to merge later this year, but Livent is one of the top stocks that we're buying in August. Nick, why is that?
1: Casey, put simply, we like the lithium market. Uh, we think this is going to be a strong growth, secular growth trend through at least the end of this decade, probably beyond that even. So, as for 2023, this is a story of Rapidly ramping lithium production, but offset by falling lithium prices. And it appears that after coming off of peak pricing in late 2022, really unsustainably high pricing for lithium in late 2022, it looks like the last few months, lithium prices have begun to stabilize. So last week, we talked a bit about Albemarle and their quarterly earnings. Check that video out. We think Albemarle is really cheap here. But we have a full position in that stock. We considered just simply adding more to our Albemarle position and going way overweight on lithium. But we kind of like Livent as well and the opportunity it presents if the Allchem merger goes through by the end of 2023, as it's expected to.
0: And if that merger does go through, it seems likely that this company will emerge as the third largest public lithium company behind Albemarle and. SQM so we'll do more updates on these two companies later but as Nick said we're nibbling right now we really like the lithium market over the next five years. All right next up on our
1: list Casey I think you have some data visualization for the folks at home watching for this one.
0: Yes this is my favorite stock by far on this list and here's my visual. Yeah I like Crocs. There's really only two shoes that I want to wear on running shoes and Crocs, but you won't let us buy on holding. That's another video. But why do we like Crocs right now, Nick?
1: Casey, you have money. You can buy on holding, ticker symbol O-N-O-N, whenever you like. But for this video anyways, I think we're in agreement that we are both interested in picking up more Croc stock, especially after the last earnings report. And the markets would say freak out over some of the guidance. To be completely fair, the report was messy and there was hyper-focus on the Hey Dudes acquisition that was made last year for good reason. Basically after making the big $2 billion plus acquisition of Hey Dudes last year, a shoe company that I almost exclusively want to wear all the time, taking on a lot of debt to make that acquisition, Hey Dudes, you growing like crazy. Lots of copycats popping up, but all of a sudden in Q2 2023, it looks like growth completely stalled out, but it was really not the whole story. This was a sort of growth stalling out story. So here's what happened. Last year, not long after the acquisition of Hey Dudes, Crocs took the opportunity to sell a bunch of Hey Dudes inventory to wholesalers to fill up the pipeline. So first, the company is now lapping that giant sale to wholesalers. Fast forward to this year, a lot of wholesalers, which of course sell to consumers via some retail outlets. It's a very different story. Consumer strength is slowing down. It looks like inflation is finally catching up with many households. And so those ultimate retail sales still look good, but those wholesalers are now suddenly in inventory management mode, probably just simply to conserve their own cash and what they expect to maybe be a pretty sluggish second half of 2023. So they're basically telling Crocs, we don't need as many Hey Dudes as we did last year when we were filling up the channel inventory. However, I think this is an important point, sell-through of Hey Dudes That's when the actual wholesaler makes the sale to the consumer and basically gets it off of their balance sheet and realizes a sale and a profit that sell through remains really strong. It was still up over 80% year over year. So that of course doesn't affect Crocs because that's not a sell off of, out of their inventory. It's a sale out of the wholesaler inventory, but basically it looks like this is a transition period. Eventually once those wholesaler inventories get right-sized. Or adjusted or whatever it is they want to do, Crocs will resume sales of Hey dudes to their
0: partners. That's Hey Dudes. As for Crocs, the story is really all about East Asia. And I think you and I have a little experience in this. When we were in Asia, there is really not many Crocs stores. In malls of thousands of stores, there will be a very small Crocs shop, at least up into this point. But as you can see, Sales in Asia are starting to pick up. That leads to a massive potential growth story for Crocs.
1: Yeah, Casey. And this potential for rapid expansion in Asia is what led us to begin buying Crocs in the first place last year. This is just a volatile growth stock. Uh, Shares plummeted last year as well after the Hey Dudes acquisition on a forward basis. Crocs last year trading at a single digit price to earnings multiple. We thought that was a crazy, awesome deal. And we think we're back at that point again, it looks like Crocs again, trading at a single digit forward price to earnings multiple because management actually increased their guidance for earnings this year. In spite of some of the messiness with, Hey dudes, the core Crocs brand still growing. We think this is a great management team love or hate the actual shoes. The fans are the real deal. They've grown up with these shoes and they're still wearing them as adults. They're expanding into new geographies and management really provides some great communication and has the execution to back it up, especially over the last four or five years when they underwent a little bit of a transformation. We're adding to our Crocs position this month.
0: We have come to our final two stocks that we're buying in August. Both of these companies are mid-cap by traditional definition, but by our standards, we still consider them small-cap positions, DigitalOcean, and Dynatrace. Nick, tell us about these two companies and why we like them right now.
1: Okay, Casey, so these are both cloud infrastructure businesses, but they both have great go-to-market focus. They really narrow in on who their customer is, and they aim very squarely at that ideal customer. And there are two opposite ends of the spectrum if you're looking at what the customer looks like. So let's start with first DigitalOcean, ticker symbol D-O-C-N. Last video on that linked here. Check that out for more detail. But in a nutshell, this company provides cloud infrastructure, so computers that are for rent in a remote data center and accessed via the internet. Specifically, they gear their services to small businesses and startups. So they if you're looking for a comparison, who do they compete against? It is, of course, Amazon, AWS, Microsoft, Azure, Google Cloud, Oracle Cloud, but DigitalOcean very strictly for SMBs, small in mid-sized businesses and startups.
0: So after a massive rally this year, the stock has tanked again. But basically, Q2 results were in line with guidance. 27% year-over-year revenue growth, but full-year 2023 guidance was lowered. It's now 680 to 685 million versus 700 to 720 million before. So free cash flow margin maintained at least 20%. Past tax expense errors are also being fixed, so the company's still working on calculating full-year adjusted earnings per share guidance. Hey,
1: Casey, this is a situation that absolutely needs to be monitored. We're going to talk about this more later in a video that will drop probably the day after this one does about Fortinet, something very similar going on there. It's not great when a company lowers their guidance. But we do think DigitalOcean had legitimate reason for lowering the guidance. Macroeconomic conditions still difficult out there. So the long-term thesis still appears to be intact. This company is still highly profitable. So we're gonna take the opportunity to nibble here while we closely monitor the situation and we'll provide more updates on this one soon.
0: Okay, Nick, let's talk about our number seven, Dynatrace. How is this company different from DigitalOcean?
1: All right. So DigitalOcean provides the actual infrastructure, the computers that you can rent. Dynatrace provides app and cloud monitoring software. So this is really complex stuff. This is an AI software business before AI was the super trendy, uh, a hot item of the moment. and. So its software is very sophisticated, very complex, and as such, the company's go-to-market is on the opposite end of the spectrum from DigitalOcean. It focuses on the biggest of the big and most complex organizations in the world, basically the top 20,000 biggest companies that is Dynatrace's customer. So they deal with these big, massive workloads, and this is really what Dynatrace's software was built for it falls into the same peer group as some popular stocks like Splunk and Datadog, two investor favorites, but big surprise here, Dynatrace, not Datadog was actually just named the leader in its peer group in the Gartner magic quadrant for APM or application performance monitoring. So we've owned Dynatrace for coming up on three years now. It's been a wild ride. Let's maybe not discount that because of the pandemic and then the boom in 2021, subsequent bear market in 2022. It's been a wild three years. But along the way, all along the way, we really thought it was inevitable that Dynatrace would eventually get recognized as the leader in this peer group. It looks like that's beginning to take shape. The market realizing what this company does and how powerful the software is owing to its well-rounded modules, best in class monitoring the software stack. But shares sold off because management didn't provide a bigger beat and raise. So they beat in their last earnings report, Q1 for fiscal year, 2024, basically the three months ended in June. They did raise guidance for the full year, just a skosh. However, it's a premium price stock. So the market was looking for a more dramatic raise of full year guidance. Nevertheless. It's been a very consistent grower, 20% plus revenue growth per year since we've owned it, highly profitable all along the way, which is a fantastic balance and why a lot of tech stocks got obliterated last year. Maybe they had plenty of growth, but severely lacking on the profitability front. Not the case here with Dynatrace.
0: By the way, we've whittled down all of our cloud monitoring data analytics holdings over the years down to just Dynatrace not including Amazon and other cloud giants' internal offerings. So we are continuing to add to our position here with Dynatrace. Stay tuned, everyone, for an important update on Fortinet. This company is one of our favorite integrated cybersecurity chip and hardware designers and software-as-a-service businesses we've owned for many years. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a video, and we will see you soon at Chip Stock Investor.